0: Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new Sports Radio 910. The fan now at 105.1 FM broadcasting live from Kidio's O'Shea's Irish Pub and Buffalo Bar here in Orlando. They claim to have the best wings. I'm about halfway through them. Excellent sauce. Tastes really good. Uh, good fried wing. I, I'm going to actually give it like an 8.5 out of 10, like an And I might be asking for seconds before I get out of here. It is that good. Our buddy Chris Russell in Washington, D.C., he stole a topic from us a few months ago, Stubb. You remember that when we came up with, like, the the 10 days of the Dan Snyder era and the 9 and 8 uh, before he actually sold the team to Josh Harris? Well, he stole from me, so I'm going to steal from him today. They're having uh, a topic discussion on his show about one thing that you're thankful for for Josh Harris taking over the Commanders. I'm going to open up the phone lines, 833-804-0910. Give me one thing you're thankful for as a D.C. sports fan. It is hard to be a D.C. sports fan right now. Wizards are rock bottom. Nats are rock bottom. Caps are winning games, but their roster is so old, I think I'm just rooting for Ovechkin to become the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL and the Commanders. 4-7 coming off the most embarrassing loss of the Ron Rivera era. Give me one thing you're thankful for as a D.C. sports fan, 833 804 But joining me right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, talk a little NFL, it's Mark Schofield. What's going on,
1: Mark? What's going on, Adam? How you doing today, my friend?
0: I- I'm doing pretty well. So let's break down these three Thanksgiving games. And uh, on my show on Wednesdays, I give out Three-star games, which means you're in line to be a WOD certified Game of the Week. A Game of the Week means that I guarantee NFL viewers around the country will enjoy that game. Doesn't matter if your favorite team is playing or not. Two stars, good game, must watch. All right, one star, yeah, watch it on Red Zone, tune in every once in a while. Zero stars means it's a snooze fest, but Mark, I'm going to let you give out three stars, two stars, one, or a snooze fest, but we'll do turkey legs for the three Thanksgiving games, and we'll start with Green Bay against Detroit. How many turkey legs are you giving that matchup?
1: I mean, this is probably a, a two, maybe a one and a half. I mean, it's a, it's a good game between longtime rivals. Um, Green Bay looked a little bit better last week. I think Jordan Love took a step forward. I think the Detroit Lions are for real, so I'm intrigued by this one. I want to see if this is the kind of game where, if you're the Detroit Lions and you want to be considered among the league's best, you have to put in a good performance in this one. You're the better team, so I'm intrigued to see it. I'm intrigued to see how Detroit responds.
0: Yeah, my producer said eight and two for the first time since 1962. When was the last time that you remember Detroit was favored on Thanksgiving?
1: I think. This First, I know this is the first time that they have been in first place outright in their division on a Thanksgiving Day game in 30 years. And I honestly cannot remember the last time they were favored on Thanksgiving Day. It might have been that 1993 game. We were on the 30th anniversary of that sleep game, right? That game between Dallas and Miami where Leon Lett, you know, tried to scoop up the loose ball after the field goal was blocked. But the Lions hosted the Bears that game. And I think the Lions had seven wins And Chicago had six wins going into that game. So they might have been favored in that one. That's the last one I can think of off the top of my head where Detroit was clearly favored.
0: All right, Mark. Washington against Dallas. How many turkey legs? I won't be upset if you call it a snooze fest because I've already said I'm rooting for Dallas to win. I just want Ron Rivera fired.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think this is a game where I don't know what everybody's schedule is like tomorrow, but this is a game where maybe you go away from the TV and sit down for dessert or if you eat on the later (laughs) side more of a dinner time meal – It's your chance to maybe go squeeze in some appetizers before the dinner gets served. I'm not going to be glued to this one, let's put it that way. I'm going to put this down as a zero turkey leg. This is one of those appetizer or dessert-type games.
0: That reminds me, Mark, what do you think is the appropriate time to eat dinner or supper on Thanksgiving? I was blown away when my sales assistant, uh, Kent, said they're planning on eating at 1 p.m. I thought that's way too early.
1: Well, I mean, I'm with Kent because that's what we're eating. We eat on the early side. We host every year. Family starts coming over around 11. We go for about two hours or so for appetizers. Then we sit down around 1. Then we do the dinner, you know, late lunch, early dinner, whatever you want to call it. So we have a 1 o'clock meal. Dessert goes around 4 o'clock, like I said. So we will be literally at our house here sitting down to the dessert around time that Dallas-Washington game kicks off. And then we try to squeeze in, like, a second dinner around, like, 6 (laughs) o'clock. I'm going to throw a little turkey soup on, try to get that rolling once we eat the turkey, have a little light dinner as well. So we double up here at the Schofield household, but we're early. We're 1 p.m. We're 1 p.m. dinner time.
0: You know, it it does actually make sense the more you talk about it because that that way you can kind of hit two different Thanksgivings, like go to your family and then go to the in-laws, like we've done that, go to my dad's, have a meal, and then drive up to Baltimore for my mom's side of the family, so you're squeezing in two dinners that way, makes a ton of sense. How many turkey legs are you giving the late game, San Francisco against Seattle, 8-20 uh, kickoff on NBC?
1: I will give this a provisional three with a I agree. Kind of sort of downgraded to two. It depends on Geno Smith. If Geno can go, this is a fascinating game because, you know, Geno and that offense, they can put up some points. That's a very good Niners defense. But if Geno's banged up, the game gets downgraded a little bit because if we get Drew Locke against Brock Purdy on Thanksgiving night, it kind of changes the, the analysis a little bit. But if Geno can go, this is a three-turkey leg game.
0: No, I, I totally agree. It should be a good one. I mean, Niners are 7-3, and 6-4 six, six Seahawks. It's a battle for the division. Is this the first time these two teams have played off against each other this year? Oh, yeah, it is. So they play again it in, in just is. two weeks.
1: Because the, the Seahawks, they have an absolutely brutal schedule coming up. So they get San Francisco here in the short week. Then they go to Dallas. Then it's to San Francisco. Then it's home against the Eagles. Like, these next four games... If Seattle has any designs of somehow winning that division, they've got to somehow manage, I think, three wins over these next four. And those are four brutally tough games for them.
0: Yeah, I, I do think even if Seattle doesn't win the division, they will get into the playoffs as a wild card team. And the last thing I wanted to ask you was, what record do you think it's going to take to make the playoffs in the NFC as a seven seed?
1: Yeah, I mean, the playoff picture is fascinating in the NFC because now you've got sort of You've know, you got Minnesota back in it. If the playoffs started right now, Minnesota would be in as the seventh seed, which considering where they were sort of just a couple of weeks ago, that's a stunning turnaround. I think you've got to get to ten wins. I mean, it's hard to imagine, say, nine and eight getting in. Absent, of course, look, New Orleans or whoever wins the South could get in at nine and eight, eight and nine, you know, That's such a chaotic division. But if you're going to get in as a wild card team, you're probably looking at getting to 10 wins. I think Minnesota, with their schedule coming up, they could do that. But 10 seems the magic number to me as a wild card.
0: Mark, great stuff as always, man. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks so much, Adam. Have a happy, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours.
0: Yep, you too. That's Mark Schofield. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to A Radio on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105 one FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. Every game can be heard on 910 The Fan, including on Thanksgiving as the Rams face off against Iowa State tomorrow from the ESPN Events Invitational. That's where I'll be at as I'm broadcasting live today from Kitty O'Shea's Irish Pub and Buffalo Bar, the best wings in Orlando. It's a local hotspot, just five minutes from Disney Springs, they've been taking care of me today with all the drinks, some great wings, and I'm having a great time. And uh, Speaking of VCU, new episode available now of the Black and Gold Fan Podcast, an affiliate of the New Sports Radio 910 The Fan. It's me alongside three diehard fans of Ram Nation. Caleb Jones has been a season ticket holder. His dad's been taking him to games since he was in diapers. Connor Bailey does this week in VCU history. He's also been a season ticket holder for as long as I can remember. And Chris Mason, my buddy from college, who's been going to games since 2013, been living in Richmond uh, for about 15 years now, and he is a diehard fan of ECU basketball. So Season 2, Episode 4 is available now on the Odyssey app, downloaded today for free, or finding us on uh, iTunes or Spotify by just searching Black and Gold Fan Pod, and We're already over 100 downloads on the latest episode. I just saw five or six people downloaded in the last 30 minutes. So if you want a a little recap of the last two home wins and a preview of this Thanksgiving tournament, just download the Black and Gold Fan Podcast. And speaking of Thanksgiving, I'm I'm excited to see the meal that they're going to offer the media tomorrow at the ESPN Events Invitational I think they're going to go big. Uh, they know that ESPN's going to be there. There's going to be big time, you know, college basketball reporters, way bigger uh, than myself, Stubbs. So I think they're going to do a good job taking care of us. And speaking of food, we wanted to do a little impromptu dude food here on the fan. Dude! Food! We're not responsible for the content of this program. Or anything we say when we're really hungry.
1: Where's my food? Dude, where's food. my food? The most delicious food you've ever eaten? Yes. How can eat he all flip flop? Who loves food? Dude! Food!
0: All right, let me let me say a little, a couple nice things about my producer, Stubb, who's tall <laughs> and he's got crazy hair. He's got these uh, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. He walks around the building like he owns the place. But he never stops working. And he has been preparing this segment all week long here for Dude Food. And speaking of Thanksgiving, he's got a, an interesting list of, what is this, fast food options for Thanksgiving? Take it away, Stubb.
2: Yeah, these are the uh, a couple of fast food Thanksgiving options. If you're not eating at home, I guess, or you're living on your own, uh, the fast food world has you covered. So I wanted to find... Some of the worst looking can things. We, can we just can we just say let's say a prayer to
0: all those people that choose fast food on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, I'm worried about you guys. I feel I, f- I feel bad. I'm sorry. Wishing you all the best.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I found was DiGiorno is offering a Thanksgiving pizza. And uh, <laughs> what is
0: on the Thanksgiving pizza? What are the toppings
2: there? Uh, let's go through. We got a. Uh, Turkey, creamy gravy sauce, diced sweet potatoes, colorful green beans, and cranberries, as well as, of course, cheese and some onion Mm. toppings. It looks disgusting.
0: I I will say I I haven't looked at DiGiorno the same after I saw someone say, yeah, I'm going to pop a Big D in the oven (laughs) and make some pizza. I was like, what? You're going to serve what to people? Yeah. All right. So DiGiorno getting in on Thanksgiving. You know, I'm out on the cranberry sauce. I I think besides that, I would have given it a try.
2: Yeah, the cranberry is just not going to fit with everything. And I don't like sweet potatoes, so it's kind of out for me.
0: Yeah. Anyways. Are you in on Big D, though, or are you more a fan of Red Baron? <laughs> I think I'm in on the Big D. I think I'm all in on it.
2: I'm My pick is a California Pizza Kitchen, but still. Okay. Okay. Good choice. Good choice. What's next? If you want a full turkey, a full fast food turkey, there are two places you can go, and it is a Cajun style Popeye turkey or a Cajun style KFC turkey? Wow. Now I will say, I've never had
0: deep fried turkey, and everyone hypes it up every single year as the greatest thing. I, I just know that it's it's a giant fire hazard. Um, I would not trust the tr- uh, the turkey at Popeyes or KFC. No, yeah, I me mean neither. But you Stop. Would- but what if I what if I Venmo you twenty dollars right now? Or are you going today?
2: <laughs> um, well, I have something I'm going to present to you, and that might change some things. I want you okay. to guess how much each turkey costs.
0: All right, let's go. Popeyes. I'll say. Now, is, is this supposed to feed four or five people? Stuff. It's
2: a whole turkey.
0: All right, I'm going to say twenty nine ninety nine at Popeyes.
2: <laughs> Not even close.
0: Okay, how much does it
2: cost? One hundred dollars. One hundred dollars. One hundred dollars for fast food turkey? D- They're out of their mind. It delivers it as well. All right, but. I'm not tipping the delivery guy. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. <laughs> and uh, KFC, I guess, is a little bit more reasonable with a $70 turkey.
0: Hmm. Just, Are you doing any deliveries on, on Thanksgiving or Black Friday stuff? I guess <laughs> I should
2: think about it. I was I was yeah. sick, so I wasn't delivering people food, but uh, I'm, I'm back to health. So that's a good way I, to I get tips. I love that. That's a good way yeah. to get tips.
0: Yeah. All right, what else did you want to bring up here? This is a wild dude food. <laughs>
2: Uh, We got a full Denny's Thanksgiving dinner, the Mm. turkey and dressing dinner bundle. If you want to go out to a a diner on Thanksgiving night.
0: I will say, as a kid, I was all in on Denny's as an adult, kind of out on Denny's, IHOP, Waffle House, all of those places. You know, give me a mom and pop. Give me, you know, give me more street cafe
1: if I want breakfast I see what
2: you mean, but I think that there is no atmosphere in the world like Waffle House. (laughs) <laughs> it's it. Nowhere else in the world feels so hostile, yet so homely. <laughs> all right. I wanted to get to what
0: I believe is the perfect Thanksgiving plate. All right. Stubb, did you come up with your perfect plate here? Yes, I did. All right. I'm going to go first. All right. I'm going to start with stuffing. I'm a huge fan of stuffing. If you ever heard the, you know, my stuffing promo from last year, I was still feeling the stuffing in my butt. You know, six weeks later, I just ate portion after portion after portion. I think I ate it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then on Monday. I love stuffing so much, but my perfect plate has to be stuffing that has meat in it, like little sausage. Right, That's a big part of my perfect stuffing. Turkey, give me dark meat with loads of skin. I love skin on, on turkey. Honey ham. I need a ham on Thanksgiving. I get there's some traditional people that go with just turkey. I need a ham to be included. Mac and cheese as a side, green beans, Ton of rolls, right, because you need bread to, like, dip in the gravy and, and to make a little sandwich with your turkey and, and your stuffing. And then my ride or die, pigs in a blanket. I might be the only one on the planet, but I need pigs in a blanket on Thanksgiving. And then for dessert, give me pumpkin pie with vanilla ice cream. Top that perfect plate,
2: stub. No, that's fair. That's fair. And I have a little bit less. I like to, I like to grab my favorites and just eat so much of them. Okay. And I have to say I'm a no-ham guy. You're it's no not, ham. No ham. It's not. It's not your turn. Stay out of your lane, ham. <laughs> this is this is Turkey's day. Just you can you think, have one day think, off, ham.
0: You think the Pilgrims were saying that? <laughs> I think they were. I think they said, "Stay in
2: your lane." Okay. Uh, so I'm turkey loaded up, loaded up with gravy. Give mm-hmm. me some slices of turkey. Also in the stuffing. I don't know if I've had stuffing with bits of meat in it. I'm I'm okay. not entirely sure, but I oh I love stuffing. Yeah. And then so much mashed potatoes. You know what? I didn't include mashed potatoes. That's a good point. You need them. Dude, I got my wisdom teeth out uh, two Thanksgivings ago. I ate more mashed potatoes in a week than I think some people do in a year. If you
0: could only have one thing for the rest of your life, are you choosing stuffing or mashed potatoes?
2: Uh, of Thanksgiving foods or of all foods?
0: Doesn't matter. Stuffing or mashed, mashed potatoes. potatoes? Wow. That's shocking to it's me. It's not
2: not as many, many flavors, but I, oh, I could eat it forever. And then give me some <laughs> breaded mac and cheese. You know with Ooh. the crumbs, with the crumbs on it. Ooh. Ooh. That's some good that's, stuff.
0: That you know that's good, but I do like my mac and cheese to be more cheesy and kind of liquidy. The when you get it breaded, it, you know, it's it's more stuck in its place. I you like know what that. I mean by that?
2: You like that? I like that. All right. And then what are you going last, for dessert? Anything but a pumpkin pie. This is oh, a but, controversial take. I hate. Hate pumpkin pie.
0: Well, you just don't like fun. That's what it what is. What do you mean? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. You don't like fun. Well, I, like you every, don't, I would have You don't like carving else. up pumpkins.
0: You don't like pumpkin seeds. I you like definitely don't like pumpkin. pumpkin pie. I just don't want to <laughs> eat it. <laughs> Disgusting. All right, that was, a, that was a fun dude food. If you want to chime in, give us your perfect plate for Thanksgiving. It's 833 804 833 804 Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910, The Fan now at 105.1 FM. You're tuning into a special edition of AWOD on the Road here in Disney World, Orlando, Florida, for the ESPN Events Invitational that begins tomorrow. The first game will be 12 noon. I'll be attending that with Penn State against Texas A&M. Then it's FAU who made it to the Final Four. Last year against a team that's been to the Final Four multiple times in Butler. It's a really good tournament with a lot of talent. Of course, VCU faces off against Iowa State. That tip-off is at 5.30. Pre-game coverage starts right here on 9-10. The fan at 4.45. And then the late game is Boise State against Virginia Tech. If VCU and Virginia Tech both both win, they'll play against each other on Friday at 5.30. And I'm broadcasting live From Kitty O'Shea's here, Kitty O'Shea's Irish Pub and Buffalo Bar. Best Wings in Orlando, a local hotspot. Broadcasting live on the patio. Made a few uh, new friends here, which is awesome. We're broadcasting in front of Royalty. One of the guys I just met played professional soccer in England. So it's always fun to do a live broadcast here. And so we wanted to break down this tournament right now. And we'll start with Penn State against Texas A&M. Mike Rhodes has those boys playing incredible defense. I'll give him credit for that, but I do not like the term Happy Valley Havoc. That is not for me. That is a VCU term, but the 4-0 Nittany Lions ranked top 15th in the country in turnovers forced, second in the country. You know Coach Rhodes loves to play that. Full court press or that half court trap defense where they cause turnovers and get going the other way. They are third in three point field goal percentage uh, defensively, holding teams to 19% from three. So we know Ace Baldwin can hit the three offensively, but they're doing a good job running teams off the three point line. They're sixth in opponents' points per game, 53.5, 11th in turnover margin, and 12th in field goal percentage. So Coach Rhodes and Penn State will begin the tournament tomorrow when they take on the Aggies of Texas A&M. FAU, we mentioned they were in the Final Four last year, returning most of their guys, and head coach Dusty May going against a Butler team. That program has fallen off a little bit in the last few years, uh, but still good enough to be invited do the ESPN Events Invitational. Then it's Iowa State against VCU, and VCU really taking a step up in level of competition. You know, we've played Radford, Seattle, right, McNeese State. Um, These teams are decent, maybe have a chance to get in the NCAA tournament. Iowa State is a great basketball team. That's a good program. They've already scored over 85 points in every game this year, so you know it's going to be a high-paced game with a ton of offense. But they also get more than 12 steals a game. They play really good defense, so it's going to be up to VCU uh, to be really confident in possession. I do think that turnovers offensively have been a bit of an issue this season. I I know they want to get out and run and play fast, but you've got to be control of the ball. Can't have bad passes, throwing it out of bounds, or guys dribbling off each other's legs and turning it over. Uh, VCU did a better job in the second half against Seattle, uh, but they started that game with two turnovers back-to-back from Zeb Jackson. So I do think if VCU is going to win, they've got to be really good uh, in possession offensively. It's going to come down to offense efficiency and Rams got to hit their three point shots. I I really think their success in this tournament is going to come down to their ability to hit the three ball. And I'm going to say that it's a big part of what Virginia Tech is going to try to do as well as the Hokies face off against Boise State in the late game. That's tomorrow, 8 p.m. Um, of course, you can watch this game on ESPN, part of the ESPN Events Invitational. Hokies bring back the same backcourt as last year with Sean Padula and Hunter Couture, and uh, they've had a, a decent start to the season. I, I do agree with um, uh, a few callers and Bill Roth who said that kind of was a, a decent loss to South Carolina. They were in it you know, for 90% of the game, had it down to the wire, uh, just couldn't come away with the win. Uh, in the final minute there. So a 3-1 and Virginia Tech team against a 2-1 and Boise State game. That's the late game tomorrow. Uh, the leader for the Hokies this year has been Sean Padula. But the guy that I've been most impressed with has been center Lynn Kidd, who just had 20 against Wofford. He's averaging over 17.5 points per game this season. He's been really good down low for the Hokies. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 9 and 10, The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, available around the country on the go on the free Odyssey app. It's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it today for best music, play-by-play, and the best damn sports talk here in town as I'm broadcasting live from Kitty O'Shea's Irish Pub and Buffalo Bar. Best Wings in Orlando. I've tried them. I can't attest to that. It's a local hotspot just five minutes away from Disney Springs. And happy hour has begun. It's daily from 2 to 7. They got all the basics, Bud Light, Coors Light, a bunch of ciders, IPAs. I'm going to try one of the Irish classics, of course. You got Guinness and more as I'm here broadcasting live. And I'll be here all week for the ESPN Events Invitational Programming Note. I will not be from 12 to 3 p.m. on Friday. I will be filling in for Michael Phillips with an extended hour. So AWOD Radio will be 10 to 1 p.m. on Friday, and then you'll hear Coach Gary Criswell and Gary Hess calling the broadcast game of the week for high school football, the regional playoffs, regional finals. Highland Springs against Manchester, uh, two local teams trying to advance to uh, the state semifinals, and then VCU in their game of the ESPN events invitational tournament. And like I said, this is the best week uh, on the sports calendar. I really believe so. You've got three NFL games tomorrow. You got a full slate of NBA today and Friday. A full slate of NHL games today and then on Friday. College football rivalry weekend Saturday, Michigan, Ohio State, UVA, Virginia Tech. Uh, a ton of really good games. But also, the amount of college basketball. All right, so we mentioned it on the podcast, the Black Gold Fan Podcast. This is. MTE week that means the multi-team events week and uh, I used to call it the preseason tournament week and uh, so there's games going on right now like Georgia State against Little Rock tied with six minutes to be played Um, there's uh, I'm watching a game right now Texas Tech against Villanova you've got uh, Marquette playing off uh, against Purdue coming up against 5 p.m. a big time matchup in the top 10 right now at the Allstate Maui Invitational with number seven Tennessee trailing Kansas early on 12 to 9. So so much um, college sports going on, I do think this is the best sports week on the calendar year. But uh, Stubb, they say that imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Well, Chris Russell's stealing my bit. Once again, but that's okay because I'm stealing his for this segment. But, Stub, guess what Linnell Willingham and Chris Russell are talking about right now on our sister station, the Team 980 in D.C.?
2: Are they still pretending that Washington can win? No,
0: no, they're not doing that. They are talking about our topic from yesterday that if you fire Ron Rivera, let's bring in a Redskins legend to replace him, right? Because it's just an interim role. You're only going to be in charge of the team for six weeks, and then the new ownership group, Josh Harris, Mark Ein, Magic Johnson, they're going to wipe the slate clean and bring in a new GM. The GM's then going to hire a head coach, and he's going to decide if Sam Howell's our franchise quarterback. So that we're all going to clean house at the end of the season, and maybe Eric Bieniemy stays in charge of the offense, maybe not. And I would understand giving him the head coaching role, right? Because... He's earned a head coaching job in the NFL, I believe, and he's done a good job as the OC this season. The offense is far from the problem in in D.C. It's the defense, Uh, but we threw it out there yesterday. The Colts chose Jeff Saturday last year, a fan favorite, right? Longtime center under Peyton Manning. They loved him. He won one game and then stunk for the rest of the season, which helped them get a higher traffic, and they end up with their quarterback of the future in Anthony Richardson, the Raiders did it this year, firing Josh McDaniels after he was you know, just a terrible head coach for the second time as a head coach. He failed in Denver. He failed then again in Vegas, and they said, hey, Antonio Beers doesn't have any head coaching experience, but he's won a Super Bowl with the Giants. Let's put him in charge. And the Raiders have won two of three since he's taken over. So we threw it out there yesterday. Who would you like the Redskins to hire as the interim head coach if you could choose a legend from the past. Uh, I've heard people throw out the name Chris Cooley, Brian Mitchell I threw out Daryl Green and uh, Chris Russell and Linnell are talking about that right now on the team 980 but I'm stealing his bit and changing it a little bit right now 833 8040910. Give me one thing you're thankful for as a DC sports fan. Stubb I know you're not the biggest DC sports fan but think if there's anything you could come up with here as I give you my answer. All right, I am going to say this is rock bottom for DC sports fans, right? I mean, think about the four major sports. The NBA Wizards are the one of the worst teams in the NBA. They they can barely win a game this year. They're trying to win their second road game tonight against the Charlotte Hornets. Dave Johnson will be on the call right here on nine ten the fan. So the Wizards are bad. No, they don't have no. They they don't have any recognizable players, right? We talked about that last week. The most top ten most recognizable athletes in DC, the only guy could come up with is Kyle Kuzma and all he likes to do is shoot the ball. Doesn't really do much besides that uh, defensively. The Caps, they're hot right now. I think they've won four of their last five with the game tonight, but they're an old roster, and I don't think anybody has expectations for them to compete for a Stanley Cup. We're just hoping Alex Ovechkin can come become the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL with the Nats. The Nats are in a down year. I mean, really in a down year. Uh, they also don't have any recognizable players besides maybe Josiah Gray, who was the lone all-star. And the Redskins at 4-7, and seven. I'm sad enough to say, I'm rooting for them to lose tomorrow to the Dallas Cowboys. So one thing that I'm thankful for as a D.C. sports fan, I'm thankful that the Washington Capitals and the Washington Nationals won championships in back-to-back years. That was the best time to be alive as a D.C. sports fan right before the pandemic shut down the world, 2018 and 19. I have all these vivid memories from the Caps run, uh, going outside of Capital One Arena with a microphone and a camera and interviewing fans as they went nuts. First D.C. Sports Championship in 25 years when the Caps won. I, I mean, they shut the city down. For some reason, people were dressing up as Spider-Man and climbing monuments and, and climbing stairs and climbing to the top of uh, telephone poles and things. It was a fun time and to be alive. And then the next season, the Nats did it, winning every road game in the World Series. So I am very thankful that I have at least celebrated two championships uh, in the last five years because it has been down, and I believe it's rock bottom right now. Stubb, anything you're thankful for, either DC Sports or maybe just thankful to be working with the with a good-looking radio host every day. Right? Yeah,
2: I mean, I guess I was just gonna say I'm thankful that they exist, and therefore we have something to talk about, and therefore I have this job.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah,
2: and that's yeah. nice having this job. I like this job.
0: I, I will say, you know, it's a lot easier to be talking about a winning organization, but uh, I can complain, right? Who can, everybody can complain. It's, it's fun easy to complain. To I
2: love to complain. It's,
0: right? It, it, it's actually, sometimes it's better radio to be talking about a loss than a win, right? If Your team in. wins. Yeah. Yeah. Your team wins. You're just going to be smiling, you know, saying all these good things about guys and and the team. When you lose, you can ask for everyone's. Had to be on a plate. (laughs) I'm asking for Ron Rivera to turn in his key card. And, in fact, earlier this season, I did a letter to Ron Rivera asking him to resign. And, once again, I'm asking Ron Rivera to resign. I know Josh Harris does not want to fire you because he's taken over for Dan Snyder, the, the worst owner in the history of sports. But, please, Ron, We don't want you in charge of this franchise anymore. Appreciate everybody listening to the show today, live from Kitty O'Shea's here in Orlando, Florida. I'll be back on Friday from 10 to 1 p.m. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.